0: Sean, Seppler, I'm thrilled to have you on the Social Impact Podcast uh, for a couple of reasons, actually. Uh, the first one is the social impact you've been creating on a global scale for the past 11 years is uh, quite massive. Uh, 53 million soap bars distributed to over 120 countries. And those soaps are recycled from more than 8,000 hotels around the world. You are working with the biggest names in the hotel industry. Hilton, Marriott, uh, Intercontinental, Disney World Resorts, and many, many more. Those hospitality giants are paying you to recycle uh, their hygiene products. Obviously, they have plenty of benefits in doing so from a corporate social responsibility perspective. And that's the second reason I'm glad to have you here today is I'm really interested in how you leverage corporate partnerships to finance your social impact programs. Uh, It's an approach that could bring a lot of value to any social entrepreneur uh, listening to this episode. But to start things off, uh, my first question as usual is how did you start Clean The World? What were you doing in 2009? Can you take us back to the early days of Clean The World?
1: Yeah, I'd love to do that. Uh, Erwan, great great to meet with you and be on. Uh, this uh, this incredible uh, uh, podcast, and with this incredible group. So, in 2009, uh, I was a vice president of sales for a uh, technology company. I ran a global sales team, and uh, a lot of web e-commerce technology-related work. And I happened to be in a hotel room four nights a week, traveling uh, from you know various city to city. Uh, and I was thinking about doing something on my own. I didn't know what that was, but as an entrepreneur in 2009, I thought about sustainability being an area that I wanted to to, to look at as I thought it, was, it would be uh, an area that would have um, a many years worth of uh, new technologies and new services. So I was looking for things of waste, items of waste. And I was in a hotel room one night and I'm thinking about the little bar of soap and the little bottle of shampoo. As I went from one city to the next, I never took it with me. So I wondered what happened to it. And I called the front desk and asked them what happened to the soap when I was done with it. And they told me that it was thrown away. And so I thought that was interesting. And I immediately went to my computer and I started doing some research. And in the United States at that time, there were 4.6 million hotel rooms. There was about a 60% occupancy rate. Mm -hmm. Uh, Average length of stay was like 1.2, 1.5 days. So I did some quick math and I figured that if all hotels were throwing their soap away, we were throwing away a million bars of soap every day out of hotels across the United States, probably a couple million uh, or more bars of soap out of hotels across the globe Mm -hmm. every single day. So that stuck with me um, over the next sort of days and weeks. I did some research on how to recycle soap. I found very easy ways to melt it down and, and reform it into a new bar. So then it became a matter of what would I do with with the recycled soap. And, uh, you know, what, could I put it in retail? Uh, could I uh, put it into um, car wash fluid? And, you know, is there other industrial use for it? And so one day I was researching where soap came from. And during that research, I found a study, and then a second study, and and actually several studies. And these studies all said the same thing. Back in 2009, there were 9,000 children under the age of five that were dying every single day to pneumonia and diarrheal disease, number one and number two leading cause of death amongst children worldwide. And all of these studies showed that if we just gave them soap and taught them how and when to wash their hands, we could cut those deaths in half. So that became the aha moment mm. for me and for Clean the World. This will be a, a social entrepreneurial endeavor. Yeah. We will take the used soaps and bottles from hotels when guests are done using them, recycle it, and send it to children and families all over the world who, in, in so many cases, are literally dying because mm. of a lack of proper hygiene. And so that was uh, the, the moment uh, that we said we were going to create something, and it sparked
0: awesome well that that certainly was a, a an amazing idea. Uh, how did you make it happen like the you you quit your job instantly or
1: so i am uh I, i'm I called my family members first and I, I love to tell the story. I'm half German and half Puerto Rican yeah. and uh, my German family members tend to have the, the the money and the resources in the family. So I, I called my German family members first and I said, hey, I've got this great idea. I'm going to take you soap from hotels, recycle it and send it to people all over the world. And my German family member said, don't quit your day job, Sean. So then I called my, my Puerto Rican family members. I switched the, the pitch up a little bit. And then I yes. said, uh, I said, look, uh, we're going to take used soap from hotels, recycle it. And we're going to send it to children, families around the world. We're going to save their lives. You know, what do you think? And my uh, Puerto Rican family members were all in on the idea. So uh, I tried for a little while to, to still work my a technology job. Mm. But as I started revving up another business, it, it, it was not going to work. And they really made me make a choice whether I was going to stay in mm. the technology firm. Now, bear in mind, the technology company was purchased by Google a few years later for $175 million. I had a lot of stock options. I had a lot of lot going there. So that was a really big decision yeah. to decide to leave there. Uh, but, uh, but I knew at that moment that we were on to something that was going to reduce landfill waste and save lives. And I felt like that was what my uh, purpose was. So um, so I got my, my, my Puerto Rican family members and we, we all got into a single car garage. We all sat around on upside down pickle buckets with potato peelers. And we were collecting used soap from hotels across Orlando who were okay. giving it to us for free. And we would take the potato peelers and scrape the outside of the bars of soap and then we had a meat grinder, and we would grind it up in a meat grinder. And then we had cookers, and we would cook the soap in these cookers and cook it down into a paste, which would also cook all the impurities out of the soap. Uh, then we had these big wood soap molds, and we would put a layer of wax paper down and put the paste on and put another layer of wax paper, top it, clamp it. It would dry overnight. Uh, the next day, we had wire cutters. We would cut the soap bars out with the wire cutters, take them out, we put them on these racks, we had fans that would blow the racks, uh, would bl- blow the racks of soap dry. Um, the power would cut in the house every 30 minutes because we could only have so many cookers on and so many fans going. And, and, uh, of course I had to have music on because I had a Latin workforce. So you had to have music working uh, all the time for them to, to, to be working. And, um, and it's a very true story. The first time that the police drove by the garage, they wanted to see what uh, all of us Puerto Ricans were cooking in the garage. Yeah. So I gave them a tour and let them see you know, what we were doing. Uh, but that's how we started. We made 500 soap bars a day. Uh, we did not have a good business model. We were mm-hmm. just basically giving it to hotels for free to, to, to give us their soap. It was piling up. We were creating soap, we were giving it to people locally and giving it to people. Um, uh, our first international distribution was in Haiti and we did okay. that in July of 2009 uh, and that was a big key moment for us mm. because that was really when this entire operation went from kind of our, our, our minds to our hearts and we really yeah. understood what children and populations who need hygiene, what that means and what kind yeah. of impact it can have. But, um, you know, we started in, in a garage with with uh, very feeble beginnings. Um, we went through a lot of money. We did not have a business model. We didn't understand how to run social entrepreneurial companies. We, we burned through all of our money. Uh, and there's articles out there of how I, I lost a home and I, I lost, yeah. uh, you know, my wife's car was repossessed at one point and the electricity was cut in the house. We went through all these financial issues. Uh, but that really helped us. Figure out the business model and figure out how we could turn this into uh, not just an impact uh, result, yeah. but also turn it into a real business that was going to be mm. able to succeed.
0: Well, that's a fascinating story. Um, so, talking about the business model, yeah, how did you figure out uh, the business model?
1: So, when we started, we thought it was going to be a nonprofit, five hundred one c three, you know, a, a tax deductible nonprofit uh, NGO, and that um, uh, people, hotels, and Donors would donate money to us in order to have this mission. Well, when we started in 2009, the global economy was, uh, was a wreck at that point. And we, we learned very early on that uh, donors, uh, there was a lot less donor dollars. There was a lot less money for NGOs. It's a lot harder to receive money uh, as a first-year NGO. And our um, company required uh capital in order to get equipment we needed equipment to be able to recycle soap we needed bins we need marketing materials we needed things to operate a program at hotels so we really got to the very end of the of the of the money and um, we started to think you know we're providing a valuable commodity to a hotel this valuable program reduces landfill waste it's sustainable it's saving lives Mm -hmm. It is a brand-enhancing um, uh, program. Uh, the housekeepers come from countries that we are sending soap back to, whether that is Haiti or Honduras or Mexico or Guatemala, uh, the Philippines. We're, we're, we're touching something that at a hotel matters from a human resources perspective, from an from a, a employee engagement perspective. Mm-hmm. And we started to say there's enough value here that we believe we can charge hotels. So we went back to our hotel partners who were already donating this product to us. And we went back and we said, listen, we want you to pay for this as well. And, mm. and and here's why. Now, early on, they didn't want to do that. The economy was bad. That was a very tough proposition for them. But what started to happen is we started to get some, some media. And uh, local media uh, did some stories on us. And then another local media went went down to Haiti and and, and did a story on us. And that story ran in several marketplaces across the United States. And one marketplace it ran in was in New York city. Mm. And uh, at the time, Katie Couric was doing CBS evening news. And one of her senior producers saw this story and they contacted us. And this, this was when the H1N1 uh, disaster, uh, pandemic was starting to take place at the end of 2009. Hmm. And they said, we want to do a story on you because of how, how much you talk about washing your hands and cleanliness and hygiene. It's pretty amazing thinking about COVID-19 right now. And that we really, our big cake, you know, come up came during the, um, the H1N1, uh, scare. So they said, you know, we want to come down and do a piece on you. And so, uh, we, we had a number of hotel partners that were, that were, um, uh, uh real close to, to, to doing a financial transaction with mm. us. And so I went to one of them, the Peabody, and I said, listen, if you guys do a financial transaction with us, we'll put you on CBS Evening News. And if we do that, you know, you got to tell everybody that this is the best value, that you, you're proud to pay for it, that it makes sense. And they agreed. And so we put them on CBS Evening News. They they uh, were the first real big partners to start paying for the program. That It was a really good CBS Evening News piece. It was very popular. Uh, it did very well. Hmm. And that was in September of 09 in January of 2010. So just a few months later was when the Haiti earthquake happened. And I just happened to be down in Haiti handing out soap to a tent city that had 60,000 homeless Haitians. And it just so happened that CBS Evening News was down there again. They contacted me. And now I had my second CBS Evening News piece. And they called me the Pied Piper of Soap. Uh, so there we are handing soap out to 60,000 Haitians, and so that was also when the media and the PR mm. took off, and that became the value sort of that rounded everything yeah. off. And at that point, uh, and really because hotels wanted to help Haiti and help Haitians, they really started to sign on to our program, and we took off from there and and, and never really turned back. But it was a fight, but it was a you know it was a struggle. But the hospitality industry responded in a, in mm. a remarkable way, and it really was them deciding there's value in sustainability, there's value in social responsibility, and Clean the World, we believe that you will help us communicate that and yeah. market that to our guests, and so now that's a value to us, there's an ROI there, so yes, we will pay you, we want a turnkey program, but we also, you know, you've got to help us communicate this to our guests, mm-hmm. and that's one big thing that we've taken on from the very beginning as one of our values, one of the things that we do, you know, as a, um, uh, as a partner with the, with mm-hmm. the hotels
0: amazing and I, I actually discovered you last year uh on the hilton website so now uh, those big hospitality uh players they're they are obviously very proud to talk about you and and you receive a lot of attention from uh those big brands uh, such as hilton now um you you built a very collaborative uh, model. Uh, Not only within the hospitality sector, but I I also believe uh, you partner with NGOs, with non-profits to help you distribute the soap uh, to the communities that desperately uh, need them. Um, How does this side of partnerships work for you?
1: Yeah, we'd love to talk about that. So as you mentioned, on the hotel side, we have 8,000 hotels that, that run our program. Uh, We have, like with Hilton, for example, we have a a brand standard, every Hilton property in North America, and beginning mid-year, maybe pushing off a little bit because of COVID, we'll have every single property uh, across the EU and the UK, Mm. Hilton properties. And we have corporate partnerships with, as you said, IHG and Marriott and Wyndham and Best Western and Disney and Sands, Caesar, so many awesome partners. So one end of it was to partner with those organizations and really help those organizations do well and, and and tell their story. And then the other half of it became, how do we take our soap and empower NGOs and nonprofits and, and, and mission-based organizations who need soap, who need hygiene, who need these types of products in order to fulfill their missions and their, and their work? And so, you know, it, it became very evident to us that if it was just hotel partner you're just working with clean the world hmm. we never talked about the partners that we were distributing to we lose something yeah. but it's even better if the hotel is partnering with clean the world to partner with children International or the UNHCR or world vision or the United Nations uh, you know UNICEF uh, International Red Cross so again when we saw the value of the media and the marketing and the branding, it's so much more powerful to have more brands involved, to have more organizations involved. And we are a great conduit in terms of our ability to take the soap, uh, recycle it in a hygienically safe, environmentally safe manner, and then get it out to those that are on the front lines. And we have our own frontline work, but the majority of our soap goes to other partners in, in their frontline work. Let's tell their story too. And as we would tell the hotel partners, their stories are your stories. Yeah our stories are, are with them and we are with you. And again, now that allows our hotel partners who want value in showing their social impact and in their sustainability. Now there's another great brand, UNHCR, um, the uh, you know, International Red Cross, UNICEF, whoever that is that we're able to bring in on the stories now, uh, that, that just is a win-win-win for everybody. And so we found that very important early on. Sometimes in the nonprofit space, there is competition that occurs Mm -hmm. and we understand because there's donors and people have to compete for the donor dollars. That's what's interesting about our social enterprise and our social entrepreneurial. Yes, we get donors, we get very, very small donors. We do not compete with those large NGOs when it comes to their donors, we just don't. We go after the corporations and we go after corporate partnerships. And so the more value we can give to a corporation, the more they're going to potentially pay us. So for us, it's better to bring those brands in and not, not compete from, from a donor mm. perspective, but instead really bring as much value as we can to the, to the hotel partners. And in doing that, it's bringing those NGO those awesome brands to the table as well and to show all the great work that we're all doing together.
0: Exactly, And, and that's the beauty of of your model is you are really acting as a connector between the corporate world and the NGO sector. And uh, yeah, you are creating for sure a lot of shared value for uh, all parties involved, including the communities that really need uh, uh, soap. Um, So the biggest thing that that you do, of course, is the hotel soap recycling program, but you are not stopping there. You have other impact programs all related uh, to hygiene uh, and you've been quite active during the COVID-19 outbreak to address the crisis. Can you tell us about those other hygiene programs?
1: would love to. So one of them, which I'll I'll talk about just briefly, uh, which is another great connecting piece is the mobile hygiene unit Uh, in Las Vegas, Las Vegas Sands, who is the Venetian, the Palazzo. They were the organization that brought us into Hong Kong and allowed us to open up Macau and Hong Kong and Singapore and the entire Asia region. Uh, They really wanted to support their local community in Las Vegas, especially the homeless population, with their hygiene needs. And so we collaborated together with them to build the mobile hygiene unit, which is a 40-foot trailer truck that has four custom showers. They're beautiful. There's tile and porcelain. It's got a nice uh, toilet and sink and shower. It's got an air conditioner. It's got hot water. Uh, it's it's it cleaned uh, very intensely between every use. And that was a great product where we were able to we partner with every local agency and organization that SANS had already partnered with. Mm-hmm. So again, it wasn't a matter of, hey, we bring the mobile hygiene unit to one location and we want the homeless just to come to us. No, we take it to those partner agencies' locations, and what that allows them to do is to connect directly with the homeless population who needs their services. They need services with respect to um, uh, identification and, and rehabilitation and mental health and, and these other things, but sometimes they, they stay away from those agencies because they, you know for whatever reasons, they don't want to connect with them. Well, now the shower unit allows these agencies to have a connector with those homeless populations. Mm-hmm. Homeless uh, rates are down tremendously since we started. The agencies, when they see the number of cases that they work on the day that our mobile hygiene unit, the fresh start mobile showers, as we call it, whenever it's there, they skyrocket. So it's effective. It's working. And actually, we're going to end up doing another one, a second one now, because the government there is going to is going to add a second one because of how, 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 how much it is, um, how, how positive it is mm. for the community. So... So when COVID hit, you know, uh, they've amplified, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. You can see, uh, you know, I'll I'll stand and let you see that we're the creators of the wash your hands, bro shirts. And we've been saying this for 11 years, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. Now, as a business, our revenue sources, our primary revenue sources are hotels, uh, cruise lines, airlines and meetings and conventions and events business well those businesses are taking a huge hit right now so on one hand while the need for soap and the need to talk about proper hygiene is so critical right now from a business perspective we 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 were hurting yeah. uh, we had to lay off people we had to our revenue dropped tremendously and we got impacted because 90% plus of our revenue came from industries that have totally, you know, have have nosedived right now because of this um, this horrible pandemic. So we had to be entrepreneurial and had to create a new product. So one of our products that we've had in the past is our is our hygiene kits. And the hygiene kits in the past were sold to meetings and events and conventions. And so you would get hundreds of people or thousands of people together in a big room, a big convention center hall or a ballroom, and they would build assembly lines. And in these assembly lines, they would build a hygiene kit. And so they would end up, they would build hygiene kits, soap, shampoo, conditioner, lotion, toothbrush, toothpaste. And at the end, they would donate, you know, a thousand hygiene kits, ten thousand hygiene kits, hundred thousand hygiene kits to local homeless shelters, relief organizations, whoever they wanted to support. And we did thousands of these events. We did them all over the world, we did them in Europe and across North America, Asia. Obviously, now people cannot come together, so we can't do those types of events. So, what we did is we created a new product called the Soap Saves Lives Box. And what this allows us to do is take that same concept, that same model and take a box. That has everything you need inside of it to build either 50 hygiene kits or 100 hygiene kits and it will send that box directly to an employee's home directly Mm -hmm. to an individual's home where they can have their own build with their kids and their family and they can come together now and build hygiene kits and then they can donate those hygiene kits to a homeless shelter in their community they can send it to a to a hospital they can send it to an assisted living center uh, they can send it to a, to a shelter or an NGO that the corporation has decided. And so we just launched this about two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. The enthusiasm has been incredible. The response has been incredible. We just did our first one uh, with uh, Bacardi, and uh, they mm-hmm. launched it to their employees. The boxes, 100 boxes went sold out in two minutes. And so what happens is the corporations who are, who need to engage their employees now and are doing it in a different different manner because everyone's remote and nobody's coming together and and you know it's just a different time they want to engage and give their employees something that they can do that is meaningful that gives back and something they can do at home they all have their kids home because they're not going to school anymore so the corporations are to start off with this product they are actually buying the boxes for their employees so we've, all, we've got some upcoming uh, um, implementations with AT&T, uh, with Pacific Life, with some other great organizations. And we, we have a number of organizations and corporations right now that are, that are signing up. And eventually, we'll do this direct to the consumer. So eventually, the consumer can just buy these boxes direct bring them home, build these hygiene kits, and then donate them to any local homeless shelter relief organization. We'll track all of that, give reporting back to the uh, to the corporation. So we're excited about it. And there's some light at the end of the tunnel with us uh, in terms of having a great product that's going to work in this current environment.
0: That's uh, an awesome uh, pivot uh, during the, those trying times. Uh, so this service that you're offering, it's available uh, in the US?
1: Yeah, so it's it, right now. It's only available in North America, but we are working on a couple of uh, of, of of large deals right now that want this international. Okay. So we're, we we've been um, working with our European team. I expect we'll roll it out in Europe, uh, probably four to six weeks, and then probably in Asia in about that same time period. So I so I do think that come uh, summer to late summer, we will have this live and available in Europe and in Asia as well.
0: Awesome. Uh, I really want to sum up your approach to strategic social partnerships with uh, corporate uh, brands. So the step-by-step is you create a social impact product or program, uh, be it uh, showers for homeless people in uh, Las Vegas or an hygiene educational program in Kenya. And then the step two is you get it sponsored by a big brand. Um, And three, of course, just do it once you have... Uh, uh, the fund as of course it's easy to say you have uh, you still have to convince a corporate group to fund you to team up with you so what would be the tips that you could give to social organization that are looking to build those partnerships within the corporate sector
1: well, look, it's no, number one, we live in a day and a time where this is very important to corporate brands. Okay. I, I, I keynote around the world and I talk about it a couple of things. Number one, you know, the millennials are the most socially conscious generation in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. Okay. The the, the, the greatest uh, transfer of wealth is happening right now to, to the millennials. Actually, Gen Z is even more socially conscious than millennials. Okay. And the baby boomers, where the wealth is and is transferring, they're the most philanthropic generation Mm. in the history of the world. So what does all this mean? This means that corporate brands have to have responsible supply chains, responsible business. They have to engage their employees, their stakeholders, Mm. their consumers in a sustainable and a socially conscious way. And if you look at their corporate Uh, Reporting at the end of the year, they are all going to talk about that. They all are going to have corporate responsibility reports, corporate impact reports, corporate sustainability reports. So, the first thing is recognize that corporations need this work. They need this as part of their brands. They need this. Now, what's important for a social business to do is find out what you're doing. What brand does it make sense for? Brands are still going to be unique to their products, to their consumers, to their demographics, to their employee base. Find out which one of those makes the most amount of sense for you. Which one it makes the most amount of sense for your product, for your impact, for the thing that, that you want. Target them. That's number one. Number two is you can never over-report. Reporting, reporting, reporting. Data, data, data. Metrics, metrics, metrics. Give them as much as they can. Lives touched. Uh, the sustainability metrics, whether it's landfill diversion or or carbon emissions reductions or uh, you know a, a water uh, a, you know less water usage, whatever those items are, uh, you can never have enough data because the data is what the brands they need to rely on that. If you give them good solid data and it makes sense, okay, then they're going to be able to um, uh, uh, then they're going to be able to really present that. And the last thing I would say is always make the brands your heroes. You know, they're the ones that are that are out there sponsoring. Just over talk about them. Every time I'm on stage, anytime I'm doing a keynote, anytime I'm on a panel, I'm always talking about our awesome brand partners, those that are supporting us, the great work they're doing, because really that's that's the, one of the big ROIs for them. And so uh, so you can never over talk and communicate about them because they are the reason why you're able to do the great impact work that you're doing when they sponsor it. So those would be my, my nuggets of advice.
0: <laughs> well, thanks a lot for, you, you delivered uh large amount of value in those advices. And th- there, they are, there is so much funding to get from the corporate sector uh, that it's t- such a big opportunity for soci- the social sector to, uh, you know, to maximize their social impact. So there is definitely room for collaboration between the corporate and the social impact sector. Uh, thanks so much for your time, Sean. Uh, I want to conclude with what's next for you and Clean the World. Well-
1: yeah, well thanks again for having us. Uh, right now it's Soap Saves Lives boxes. Uh, we want to get a lot of those boxes going and then we're, you know, we're very eager and hopeful to see our hotel partners come back online. Um, soap Saves Lives. That's, uh, that's been one of our hashtags for, for 11 years and it does and it saves lives even more today than it ever has uh, with uh, with it and in the, in, in the direct impact it has on stopping the spread of COVID-19. So uh, for us, we want to we want to get back there. We're, we're, we're doing some things in college curriculum right now. We're mm-hmm. teaching social entrepreneurship and doing experiential learning where college students can learn and also get involved in doing the Soap Saves Lives boxes by themselves finding corporate sponsors in their local communities. So we're taking that approach as well. And uh, we're going to keep fighting the fight and keep uh, getting as many soap bars out there as we possibly can can.
0: Well, I really appreciate uh, you uh, sharing your story and sharing your vision on uh, CSR and the opportunity for cross-sector partnerships. Thanks so much, Sean.
1: Thanks, everyone. Appreciate you. Take care.
0: Hi, folks. Erwan Kina here. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn and to follow the LinkedIn page of the Social Impact Podcast. The show is also available in video on YouTube. Feel free to subscribe there as well. Thanks so much for your support. More to come. Cheers.